0: The wasteland was as dry and barren as the surface of the moon. Over the course of decades, the topsoil had been bleached by the sun's searing rays. The soil converted to chalky dust. No vegetation remained, for no life could exist in a land where the earth and air had been poisoned by nuclear weapons. Sandy ridges and wind-carved rock stood mute sentinel to the passage of time. Despite the fact, the land was completely lifeless a casual observer had there been one might still have considered the wasteland austerely beautiful hidden beneath a pulsating brown black mass a vast cloud stalked across the forbidding wasteland like some hungry beast stirring after a long hibernation the horizon but a memory tens of miles across the ferocious sandstorm grew larger by the second illuminated by sporadic flashes of lightning Riding the stiff breeze, the storm's top rose almost 70,000 feet into the dry air, which no longer enjoyed the benefit of an ozone layer to strip away harmful radioactive particles emitted by the distant sun. The storm surged forward at more than 60 miles per hour, devouring the land before it, ravaging the wasteland even further with cyclonic winds full of debris that could strip a man's flesh from his bones in minutes. Despite the hostile environment, the powerful storm, and the radiation, both man made and heaven sent, there was life. A gigantic, eight wheeled, all terrain vehicle bolted across the gently rolling landscape, trailing a rooster tail of dust. While the vehicle raced away from the storm, it became briefly airborne as it crested a small ridge before it slammed back to the parched earth, rocking on its heavy duty suspension. The rig's turbine engines roared as they propelled self-contained exploration vehicle four along at almost sixty miles an hour. It wasn't fast enough. The monstrous storm continued to close, and the gap between its amorphous leading edge and the dirty vehicle slowly narrowed. Strapped into the driver's seat, Captain Mike Andrews kept his eyes rooted to the desert landscape outside the thick viewports. His left hand kept the rig's control column pushed fully forward, and the system's drive-by-wire technology translated the action into full power to the rig's large, knobbed tires. The ride was far from comfortable, of course. Even though the Skev had been designed to withstand harsh punishment in the field for months at a time, there was a limit to what suspension technology could dampen. Hurtling along at old highway speeds across broken terrain, was one of the things it couldn't handle. Hey, listen! The temperature's going through the roof on number one! Choi said, squirming slightly in the co pilot's seat beside Andrews. He was a few years younger than the vehicle commander, but his even temper and genuine likability made him an asset in the field during the long reconnaissance runs they made four times a year. Now, though, Choi was obviously agitated, and not just from the Skev's violent progress over the landscape that had once been western Kansas. It wasn't the close proximity of the storm causing him discomfort either. Andrews knew the chance the vehicle might be forced to spend days waiting out the storm within only a few miles of Harmony Base was getting to Choi. Hallett was getting to him as well. After thirty-three days in the field, all Andrews wanted was to get back to Harmony and soak in the small bathtub in his quarters. The Skev's accommodations were fairly excellent. But confining eight people inside a vehicle that had less than 400 square feet of living space for a month was enough to make anyone long for privacy. Choi pointed out the temperature tape on the multifunction display set in the instrument panel between the two men. Andrews only glanced at it, but he could see the number one engine's temperature had spiked dramatically over the past few minutes. Listen, if you don't back off soon, you're going to blow number one, Choi said. Like hell, Tony. The computer'll shut it down first, but so what? That's why we have two engines in these things. Andrews patted the lip of the Skev's gray instrument panel. Hang in there, babe. Almost home. Just hang in there. Yeah, that's gonna work. Andrews looked at the weather radar display. It'd better, man. That storm's a hot one. And if it catches us, we'll lose the base's homing beacon. No way I'm backing off now. This is our only shot.